Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. being poured out so on and so forth we talked about how it was a promise that was foretold even by the old testament prophets and that it came into its fulfillment we talked about it was indeed the promise of the father that even jesus had spoken of himself and we read in different areas whether it be jerusalem samaria or among the gentiles of caesarea how they all received the baptism of the holy ghost and we started underscoring some of the importance of the Holy Ghost and why the Holy Ghost was important. Again, uh, it creates the, the, the checkoff box, if you will, of the prerequisite of being able to enter the kingdom of God, of being born of the water and the spirit. And I told you last week, that would be enough to me. I wouldn't even have to have anything else in the list uh, to know that, that the, the importance of it is, is entrance into heaven. Then that's great. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I, I, I was recalling as I was sitting up there this morning, um, 1987, whenever the Lord filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, uh, and, and Brother Mason, I'm not necessarily going to take a formal text, so I'm, I'm, he would sit up there and play till I did, I know. And so I'm just letting him know. I remembered in 1987 as a young boy, I was eight years old. I'd turn nine, I would turn nine that year, but whenever I received the Holy Ghost, I was eight. Uh, years old and uh, I just I just felt like I needed to share this morning for whatever reason I remember when I received the Holy Ghost of course I was uh, raised in a Christian home in a Christian family and uh, at that time my father was not a pastor uh, he was probably in his run away from pastorate <laughs> life uh, as it would be or or any type of ministry ever really for that dad was always a, a worship leader and a Sunday school teacher uh, in the church that we went to and functioned like that. And uh, he also taught then home Bible studies within our home. He'd open up our home and there would be people in our home that was just fresh and getting to know the Lord. And they would come and sit on our couch and chairs in our little four, four room or I guess five if you include mom and dad's five room home. And uh, he'd teach home Bible studies uh, to people to come to the Lord. And so as a result of that, uh, us kids, of course, you know, you just don't send five kids somewhere. Uh, we, we were a part of those home Bible studies within our home. And so uh, I remember a lot of times sitting on the living room floor, you know, listen to dad teach um, home Bible study, search for truth, uh, home Bible study, uh, you know, go from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And uh, having heard that at that particular time, I uh, remember distinctly they were in the book of Revelation. They were talking about the coming of the Lord. And uh, my two uh, twin sisters were there in particular as well. And I remember uh, dad talking about what was necessary, what was essential in order to make heaven our home. And I remember uh, the girls saying something to dad. said, what about Paul? Uh, because Paul didn't have the Holy Ghost. Paul had a spirit. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. But uh, anyway, uh, ask him, what about Paul? Because they were, if I remember right, they were kind of discussing the, discussing the age of accountability of when one knows right from wrong and so on and so forth. And, of course, I'm eight years old. I know what's right. I just did wrong most of the time. And uh, I said, what about Paul? And, you know, that says, well, he, you know, he had the Holy Ghost like everybody else. He's not going to heaven. Now, there's two things about that. That was the truth. The other thing is, that's a bold statement to hear come from your dad. And that pricked me in my heart, whether I wanted to admit it in that moment or not, to, to understand the gravity of that statement, that if the Lord would come back today, and I'm quite aware of what's right and what's wrong, and I'm not ignorant of the Holy Ghost. I'm not all this. I have a well knowledge of. I've been brought up in these Sunday school classes, da, 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 that if the Lord would come, Heaven's not my home. Well, would the Lord do that to an eight-year-old boy? It's not God doing that to anybody if it is, does happen. 
we are accountable for our actions, our decisions, amen, what we do. And so, Sister Jen Adams, boy. Now, see, I had a practice whenever I was a little boy that I would get up in the mornings. Mom would go through, snap her finger to get us up. That was our alarm clock in the morning. Mom snapped her finger. That's all it took. Sometimes she might snap it twice, but she snapped her finger. That was our alarm clock. You got up, you went, and you ate breakfast that she had prepared. You got ready for school and so on and so forth. And typically, Sister Jessup, after I got ready for school, I, you know, always still yet had some time before I had to walk to the bus stop. And I was, I guess, a mama's boy. I would crawl back in bed uh, uh, where mom was after she had got everybody ready, ready to go. There was time left. I'd crawl back in bed where mom was. I'd just lay there until it was time to go. Well, there were some of those mornings I stopped laying in that bed. I was in the living room. And you know what I was doing? A lot of thinking. Being really troubled about this idea of heaven not being my home. And so whenever I was getting in consideration to all this, and man, and thinking about this, I got finally my spirit that I couldn't have this be the, 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 the end of the story for my life if the Lord would come. Uh, it bothered me. I mean, I was thinking about it night and day. It was bothering me. And so I remember I finally decided my dad was a youth pastor at that time uh, at South Gibson. And uh, we had a youth service every Friday night or at least some, some semblance of some type of youth function every Friday night. And so I started deciding in my mind, Sister Jessup, I was going to get the Holy Ghost that Friday night. I'd already decided it. I was telling people that I went to school with, other eight years old, that were, other eight, that were eight years old as well as I, they probably could care less. But I told them, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost this coming Friday night at our youth service. I was telling them this. And so Friday night came, and I remember my father, he was preaching. Uh, Killing Goliath was the name of the sermon. Uh, talking about the, the giants in our life needing to slaughter them. And I had a giant in my life needed to slaughter, and it was called self. It was called the sin of self. And uh, I remember sitting there during that service because I knew what I was going to do. I might not even broadcast to mom and dad. I don't know if I did in my family. I just told people at school. But nonetheless, I remember I was sitting by my mom because that always worked best for me. And uh, uh, I was sitting there, and dad was coming to the close of the service. He's bringing it to a close. And I got up about ready to move out of the, out of the pew. And mom yanks on me and says, Paul Robert, where do you think you're going during a time like this? You know, because it's altar call. You didn't go to the bathroom in that altar call. No, no, no. You didn't go sit with somebody else at altar call. No, 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 no. It was altar call. It was something very serious because that was the time for an exchange. Amen. Between what heaven had and what the people needed. In the, uh, we're talking about altar calls years ago. I, I don't think I'm old enough to say that, but I'm finding out I'm more and more I am. Altar call years ago were, were times of, of God's transform, transforming power. And they were approached with anything could happen. And, and so I got up. She thought I was getting ready to go to the restroom, you know, and such. I said, no, Mom, I'm going to go pray. Well, she probably fell out in the pew. I don't know. But, and so I went up to the altar and began to pray. And it wasn't long. I had other people around me that were praying with me. And it really wasn't very long at all that I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance to me. And so I got the Holy Ghost on Friday night just like I said I would. I just had a made-up mind, Sister Margaret. That that's for me and I'm going to get it. It's a gift. Amen. And it has been a part of my life ever since 1987. Amen. And I have the consolation now that maybe that's why the first thing on the list is just good enough for me to know that if I've been born of the water and of the spirit, amen, then I, I can have entrance into the kingdom. Amen. Of God. Amen. And so we need that today. We need some of you are right now, as I said that, you've already started going back into your mind, remembering whenever you received in your first experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We finished up last week talking about anybody can receive it. An eight-year-old boy, a four-year-old, anybody can receive it. An elder, huh? Who, 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 Clarence, Clarence years ago, 70 what? 76 years old, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Bob couldn't talk, but whenever he began speaking tongues, you could hear Bob. Amen. Received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I remember it so well. Amen. And so anybody can receive the baptism, amen, of the Holy Ghost. So the question is, in this exchange of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what must we do to receive the Holy Ghost? What must we do? Because that is the question. That is the question those on the day of Pentecost 
ask. And I know they were asking in one regard since they had crucified their Messiah because really it was through the preaching of Peter they come to understand the Messiah that they were looking for, that Jesus Christ, that one that they were hoping for is the very one that they crucified. I understand they were then at a place that they were know. well, now what do we do? You know, we crucified the, the Lord of glory. What can we do? But he was answering then a little deeper uh, concerning, because that was a wrong that needed to be righted. And so he's telling them how to do that. But with that was the, the, the plan, if you will, for salvation. Acts 2, 37 and 38. We've read these a thousand times. I'm going to read them a thousand more in my lifetime. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter's answer was direct, amen, much like dad's was. <laughs> it was direct and it was distinct. It's simple. It's clear. It's easy to be understood. People are trying to make it, take Acts 2.38 and make it more complex than what it is. Mm -hmm. More complex than what it is. But it's just simple repentance, baptism in his name, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so what's, what's great about what Peter says is it's in harmony with all the other places of Scripture. It's in harmony with what the prophets had foretold, what they had said, speaking about uh, getting rid of a heart of flesh and getting a new heart and a new spirit within you. It's all in harmony with the faith and the repentance that we've already talked about and the water baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. And here's the thing. And I think maybe this is uh, where there is difficulty sometimes with people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes to all who obey him. That's the word of the Lord. The Bible says in Acts 5 and verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Amen. And so... Uh, you know, repentance is important in that matter. That's a means of obeying the Lord. You know, uh, you have knowledge of water baptism, but you've not went through that. That's, that could be a thing. You might need to get back. You might need to act upon what you already know. Amen. Uh, some people have, uh, have already some type of backgrounds that they understand those things that are acceptable, not acceptable. God, you need to walk in what you know to be obedient, amen, unto the Lord. I understand that, you know, it was Christ. He died. He resurrected and all these things. And it's because of his work, not because of our work, because of his grace. Yes. But you've heard me say before, it still takes our obedience then to repentance, water baptism in Jesus name. We'll say, well, Brother McGee, that's works if you go and if you're saying we got to obey and repent, we got to be baptized, we're working then for our salvation. Hogwash. You could repent and be baptized if you want to call that work, obey all those things, and it would still profit you nothing had it not been for what he's already done. So it still really comes down to him and him alone. Amen. It takes our obedience, but our obedience wouldn't profit anything if it wasn't for his work. So uh, people that, that have that type of mindset or view are, are really, uh, it's unfair that they would do that because they're, they're really misunderstanding the whole concept of what the Lord did, amen, and then what we do through our obedience. And so speaking of the Holy Ghost, what does the Holy Ghost do for us? Man, we've already looked at some of those things, but let's just look a little bit further. The Holy Ghost identifies us again as belonging to God. Remember, we're none of his if we don't have his spirit. It makes us, uh, I am the property of God this morning. You're looking at the property of God. I've become a son and a daughter of God whenever you're born again of the spirit. For that matter, let's just put a little footnote here. God doesn't have any grandchildren. <laughs> God doesn't have any grandchildren. What are saying? You got to become a son or daughter of God. You can't live off mama's experience, cousin's experience, uncle's experience. You got to become born again. Amen. One of his children for yourself. Amen. The Holy Ghost 
is a teacher to you in your life. You say, Brother McGee, I've been coming to church for years and there's just some things I just don't understand. I can't quite wrap my mind around. I hear you teach about it. I hear others preach about it. And I'm having a hard time, you know, understanding it. Well, do you have the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost becomes a teacher to you. And listen, those people that have had those struggles with going to church and not, not grasping some things, I understand there's always going to be certain things harder to grasp than others. But when it seems like you're just having a difficulty, there's some that are probably here this morning that can testify how they were somewhat enlightened. And, and you know, the light shined in a new way even on the word of God that they read after they received the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in John 14 and verse number 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, we looked at this last week, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost is a great teacher. Folks, let me tell you something. Most of, most of the sermons that I preach come from daily Bible reading. That while I'm reading the Bible, I read a phrase or something. And you know what's happening? The Holy Ghost is doing some teaching. The Holy Ghost just causes something to lift up off that page. And I'm like, hmm, look at that. Paul McGee's not smart enough to do that. But the Holy Ghost teacher that I have on board, as I'm reading his book, the author says, would you look at that right there? <laughs> the author says, has you considered this? And I begin writing there in the margin of my Bible. He becomes a teacher to me. Amen. If you'll allow the Holy Ghost to do that, even as you read Scripture, you'll say, uh, you might need to do this. Huh? Or it might say right there, see that right there? That's where you did wrong last week. Oh, yeah, the Holy Ghost will be a teacher to you. And I like the other part that it says, too. It will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Oh, so, so the Holy Ghost is making errands for our memory bank. Some of us are half seen now and can't remember anything, but the Holy Ghost will bring some things back that it said to you through his word. Boy, don't we need that. It might have been five months ago since Pastor preached about that, but the Holy Ghost has a good memory. It can go back and get it when it needs it for you. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, you're in the middle of something and, and things are starting to go cattywampus, so to speak, and the Holy Ghost brings something back to your mind that was taught or preached not so long ago, and it's like, oh, that's going to change really how I respond right now. <laughs> because the Holy Ghost is bringing all things to our remembrance. It is our teacher and I, I let me tell you i need i need a teacher beyond sunday morning and wednesday night mm -hmm. i need a teacher in my life i need the holy ghost not do only that but the bible says that the holy ghost here it is now it will guide you it will guide you john 16 and verse 13 Howbeit, when he the spirit of truth that's the holy ghost is come he will guide you into all That's the reason why I'm convinced if somebody is really hungry for truth, they'll find truth of baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and all the other things of God's Word that's with that if they're really hungry for truth, especially after they get the Holy Ghost, because if they will allow, there's obedience again. If they'll be obedient to the Spirit that they received, it's not going to lead them to false doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's not going to lead them to a place of believing a lie and be damned. It's going to lead them further into all truth. The Bible says in there in verse 13, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. <laughs> it will be a guide to you. You want to be, we say this all the time, we want to be led by the Spirit. And in Romans, Paul said, as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So he'll guide you. Look at this. So we belong to him. He'll teach us. He'll guide us. Folks, we need the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. And I want to allow the Holy Ghost to be the Holy Ghost. Every day we have a choice. 
Amen. Living to the spirit and dying to flesh or living to the flesh and try to crucify the spirit. Every day we have a choice. The Holy Ghost in your life, it will give you boldness. It'll give you power. Look at the transformation of Peter. Had a lot of gumption, didn't he? A lot of misdirected gumption. But after his experience in the upper room, look at Pentecost. The man who denied the Lord three times. Huh? Three times. The the, the cock has crowed. Right? Following at a distance. Stands up with the eleven and says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Boldness for the Lord. The Bible says in Acts 1 and verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the earth. Acts 4 and verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Whew. Let's get back to some place shaking prayer. It didn't shake till after they prayed. Well, that's, a, that's, that's for later in the lesson. Later down the road for discipleship, but that's good anyhow. See that's, what, see, that's what the teacher does. It makes you catch on things like that. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. The Holy Ghost will give boldness in your witnessing. The Holy Ghost will give boldness to do a home Bible study. Yeah. It will give you boldness to live your life, even if you're not saying anything, to live your life without feeling intimidated by your present environment. Huh? It will give you boldness to live for the Lord. Amen. And be pleasing unto God. The Holy Ghost, this is one I like not just for now, but for then. When the trump sounds, the Holy Ghost, amen, is a quickening power. It's a quickening power. Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, amen, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I take this verse in two folds all the time because we always look at it as men one of these days, the trump of God shall sound is going to be a whoop. Quickening in our body, and we're getting up out of that ground, or our feet's lifting off this earth, and we're going to go meet the Savior in the air. He's going to quicken our mortal bodies. But let me tell you, you don't have to wait for it to quicken your mortal body then. It can quicken your mortal body now. There are sometimes I've sat in a service, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, whoa, just quickens my body in a moment. Oh, yeah. In prayer, in study, setting in the pew, it doesn't matter. Every once in a while, there comes a quickening. Hallelujah. Of the Spirit. I might even be in a place of business and something just happened. I feel a quickening. Maybe it's I see somebody I know and there's a quickening. That Man, I need to say something to them about God or I need to talk to them about the church and there's a quickening. Amen. The Holy Ghost will quicken Amen, these mortal bodies. Not just on rapture day, but it can happen even now. The Holy Ghost gives you power over your flesh. Amen. Boy, do we need that. Romans 8, verse 13. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Look now. But if ye through, everybody say through. The spirit, there it is, do mortify, which means to put to death, to kill. The deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You live after the flesh, you're going to die in more than one way. But if you through the spirit, human being Paul McGee can't do this on my own. I can't fight flesh with flesh and win. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I got to fight this flesh with the spirit. They're already at war anyway. They've been since, since the beginning of time, the war of the flesh against the spirit. But if through the spirit I can put to death 
the flesh for today or the flesh for a moment, huh? In the moment, amen. The flesh then gives me power, amen, power to overcome. The spirit gives me power to overcome my flesh. Day in, day out, decision in, decision out. Those things that arise, when I feel my flesh arise, you know when it happens. <laughs> you know when flesh is rearing its head. Honey, that's whenever you need to tap into the spirit and let it combat those things of the flesh. Amen. Your spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will help you pray. Mm -hmm. Holy Ghost will help you pray. God help me. But let me tell you this. You got to be already heading that direction for it to come alongside you. Look what the Bible says. It says in Romans 8 and verse 26, likewise, look at this, look at this. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now, folks, I am not dogging anybody that's not here that's sick. But let me tell you what we need. We need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not saying it's going to cure all of our ills. But it does tell me it will help them. Well, I feel like the bullseye right now just with that statement. I am not. Listen, I am not looking down upon anybody that's sick. But I am telling you, we have an onboard helper with our infirmities called the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost. Kick it. I got a lot that I'd like to say right here without being attacked. And that is this. We need to get back and tap into the spirit that's within us. We need to tap back in into the spirit. All right. We, 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 we've sometimes have, 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 have demoted the spirit in our life or demoted the, the effectiveness of the spirit in life, or demoted what God can do, or God what God will do. We, we've demoted him sometimes, and we put him on the shelf lower than what he really is. And as a result of that, the impact of him in our life, we have lessened because we don't have faith or expectation that it can do what the Bible says it can do. Well, but the spirit also, Helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. In other words, there's sometimes you just don't know what to pray. There's times you go to prayer and it seems like you've prayed everything you've known to pray. And you've prayed about some of the same things sundry many times. And you just don't know what else to pray. But the Bible says, but the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth. What is the mind of the Spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You've heard me talk about this. There are times in your prayer when you don't know what to pray. You might find yourself praying in other tongues. Praying in other tongues. And you might find yourself doing that for a while. And you're thinking, what in the world's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The Spirit is making intercession for you. And only he knows the mind of the Spirit. What's that mean? The Spirit can pray about things through you that you're not even aware of. The oh, yeah. They don't know about all your kids. You don't know about all your kids' trouble or what they're going through. You don't know about your neighbor and what's going on in their life. You don't know about the dynamics of the nation except whatever the false media tells you. What I'm telling you is this. The spirit that's within you that only has knowledge that nobody else has. When you begin to pray in the spirit, hallelujah, you are tapping into what exactly needs to be said. The will of God is being prayed whenever you pray in the Holy Ghost. saying brother Malone but the spirit does and it is not ineffective to pray in the spirit matter of fact I encourage that we do more of it because Christ even said that when we pray pray according to his will you're not going to get any more perfect praying according to his will than when you pray in the spirit amen hallelujah See, I felt a little bit of that quickening come by there just a moment. I told you it happens even down here. <laughs> Amen. Pray in the Spirit. Let it help your infirmities. 
Let that mind of the Spirit be made known through you by praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I got to move on. I really didn't. Man, I feel like I'm dragging my feet here. Let's pick them up, put them down. I'll blame it on dodgeball. The Holy Ghost puts us in the body of Christ. It, the Holy Ghost can unify the church. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So it makes sense then if we are to be a part of the body of Christ, that we have the spirit of Christ. Baptized by one spirit into one body. The Holy Ghost puts us in the body of Christ. And if each of us will be put into the same body, there will be more unity. Uh huh. Let me say this. If we'll walk more in the spirit, when we come to church, we'll be in more unity for the service. That's where we got to allow the spirit to help mortify the flesh. Because sometimes there's more flesh walking through the door. I know we're all humanity, but sometimes there's more flesh walking through the door than there is spirit. We kind of skipped over it. We're going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Because, see, that's already getting our minds on the spirit. Amen. But we can all get into the spirit at the same time. Quickening happens. Lord only knows what could take place. We've already looked at in previous weeks that, that the Holy Ghost is part of our washing. It's part of our sanctification. It's part of our justification. All that takes place by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost will give you freedom. Yes. The Holy Ghost will give you freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Another rendition of that exact scripture, more correctly to the Greek language is, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit is made the Lord, there is liberty. What's that mean? Where the Holy Ghost is made the master. <laughs> where the Holy Ghost is made the chief. The high potentate. Mm -hmm. There's a liberty. See, that affects the dynamics of our services too, Brother Fred. Come in where he is Lord. Where he's master. It's all about him. I'm going back to the heart of worship. It's all about him. Huh? Where he's made Lord. Where he's made master. We come in. We, we've made circumstances master. We've made job master. We've made hurts and pains master. We made isms and schisms, Master. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. We still have all that when we leave this place. But we need to come with a concerted effort. When we come in, we're making the Spirit, Lord. We're going to, yeah, we're going to make the Spirit, Lord, and see if there isn't liberty. I tell you, if I might be brutally honest, there's a lot of times I come to walk to this pulpit and, man, I just feel, man, there's just this heaviness in the spirit. There's this change and just like everybody's like, oh, and just, oh, and just like way down. I'm serious, especially on Sunday nights. A lot of times I approach this pulpit and you can just almost, me as a pastor, maybe it just happens to me because I am pastor. Man, I can just feel it in the congregation. It's like, man, people just brought in their broken arm beside them just even to make it to the house of God. And so with that, man, there, there's an incarcerating that happens with that, a, a binding that happens with that. Amen. But if we, can, if we can make him Lord in this place, there'll be a, a liberty and a freedom that it, it's not denying that you don't have had a hard time. It's just, it's just, if you will, recognizing that he's still Lord. Hallelujah. It's not denying that you've had a bad week or there's problems in your life. It's just saying that he's able. Hallelujah. There's something liberating. 
in that. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost marks you, seals you, helps secure you. Ephesians 1.13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit, a promise. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. Sealed unto the day of redemption. Hallelujah. If you allow the Holy Ghost to continue to be active in your life, it'll help preserve you for rapture day. Amen. It'll help preserve you for rapture day. So let's look at a few of these things real quickly. Amen. Seen where I'm at. Okay. I still, ooh, I need it. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. <laughs> so let's just review just real quickly some of these scriptures, what the scripture tells us about the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to give you the references. There's so many of it your smoke would rise from your pencil and so on and so forth. So nonetheless, but just look at some of these things, what the scripture about tells about your Holy Ghost. All right, listen to me now. Number one, I'm not going to forget the numbering. There's too many to do that too. I'll miss it. I'll, I'll say four twice or whatever. <clears throat> it's the spirit of Christ. It's part of salvation. It's a gift. It is the comforter. It is the living water. It is the spirit of truth. It's the resurrection, or if you will, the quickening power. It is a baptism. It is a birth. It is a seal or stamp that helps protect and preserve us. It is power from heaven. It is the spirit by which we are adopted into the kingdom of God. It is the earnest, if you will, of our inheritance. It is a discerner and an intercessor and a helper in our prayer. It leads us into all truth. It teaches us about spiritual things. It brings those things back to our remembrance. It gives us the ability to truthfully say that Jesus is Lord and master of our lives. It pours out the love of God in our hearts. It sanctifies us. It empowers us to bear spiritual fruit such as the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter number five it imparts spiritual gifts unto us it given to those who ask of it and it's given to those who obey him it is for everyone someone say amen <laughs> Stephen the first martyr of the church he condemned certain people who he said resisted or opposed the Holy Ghost. In Acts 7.51, he said, Ye stiff-necked, this is Stephen now. Man, they just knew how to just talk back then. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and <laughs> ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Let me tell you some more. Don't, don't resist the Holy Ghost. Don't resist the Holy Ghost. Don't oppose the Holy Ghost. Don't reject the Holy Ghost. When you do that, go back and just think about the page I just went through that the Holy Ghost is to us. Because if you do that, then you've rejected everything else on that list. You've opposed everything else up on that list. Do not reject, amen, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so Stephen was just calling him to order. He said, you guys, he said, have been opposing and resisting the Holy Ghost. Amen. So someone might ask, Amen. You are even in our services. You know, do, do I have to receive the Holy Ghost? Is the Holy Ghost necessary? Amen. Do, do I need that? Well, let me ask you this. Concerning our list we just went through, let's ask this question. If they say, do I need the Holy Ghost? Let me ask you this question. Do you need to belong to God? Do you need to obey Christ Jesus? Do you need to obey the apostle Peter and the disciples? Let me ask you this. Do you need to be washed, sanctified, and justified? Do you need to be sealed and protected for the day of redemption? <laughs> Do you need Christ in you, the hope of glory? Do you need a comforter? Do you need power? Do you need boldness? Do you need to overcome your flesh? Do you need resurrection power dwelling inside of you? Do you need spiritual guidance and teaching that the Spirit offers? Do you need to be baptized in one body by one Spirit? Do you need the Spirit of truth? Then if you answer yes to any of those, then yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Folks, this 
This is more than speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. This is power. This is boldness. This is a teacher. This is someone praying alongside me. It's more than just what happens with our tongue. It is a way of life. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. God's God's salvation plan, the steps in God's salvation plan, the faith, the repentance, the baptism, the infilling of God, all these things are inseparable. They are linked in Scripture over and over again. Faith and repentance linked together. Mark 1, 14 and 15. I got to hurry. Amen. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Faith and repentance. In Hebrews, again, they're leaving those former things. They're not laying again the foundation of repentance, but they're going on. Amen. From those, the, the dead works that they have known and they have in faith toward God. Faith and baptism are mentioned in scripture that he that believeth and baptized shall be saved that he believeth not shall be damned we read in Acts 18 amen of a synagogue leader who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and hearing believed and were baptized faith and baptism together Simon the sorcerer of Acts chapter number 8 speaks about he himself believed and guess what he was baptized so you have belief faith and repentance together you got faith and baptism together you got faith and the Holy Ghost linked together in John 7 when Jesus stood at the last day of that great 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 festival and he said that if any man thirst let him come to him and he said but this spake he Jesus of the spirit which they that believed on him should receive Received for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Christ was not yet glorified. Faith and the Holy Ghost are linked together. Water baptism and the Holy Ghost are linked together. Can any man forbid water? Amen. That these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Water baptism. You see these things, they're interlinked all over. And that's where the mistake is made. You take an isolated scripture, that's what it takes. No. Take the full panorama of Scripture. Because you see, sometimes faith and baptism together, sometimes faith and repentance together, sometimes faith and Holy Ghost, sometimes baptism. What are you doing? I'm taking it all for my salvation plan then. It's all for my salvation plan. Amen. So on the day of Pentecost, then Peter stands and he gives the prescription. Remember, Peter is the one that the king... The keys to the kingdom was given to, according to the word of the Lord. He's the one that the keys of the kingdom was given to. And so as he's uttering those words, he's not just uttering words. He is opening doors. He's saying, the keys right here, the keys to the kingdom. Repentance, baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the means to inside the kingdom. So we can't separate these precious steps. We, 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 we can't separate them. We, we can't at, attempt to, to receive some and deny some others of those. No, we must take them together because together they comprise the so great salvation that the writer of Hebrews, amen, talks about. That so great a salvation. Hebrews 2 and 3 speaks of that. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and it was, but it was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. In other words, they heard the Lord. It was first spoken by the Lord, but those that heard the Lord, they confirmed it to others. Who? The disciples, the apostles. And that's one reason why we are the apostolic church, because we still teach and preach what the apostles taught, which they were taught by the Lord. And whenever we do, you know what we're doing? We're doing nothing but what they did. We're still confirming what he has said. We're still confirming what he has said. I don't want to neglect it. I don't want to be, that word neglect means I don't want to be careless of this great salvation or make light of this great salvation or to disregard. That's what that word neglect means there. Disregard this great salvation. Don't want to be careless. Don't want to be negligent. Even if I'm an eight-year-old boy. even if I'm an eight-year-old boy. So this morning, I'll close. If you'll stand with me. We've talked about the Holy Ghost. Next week, we'll talk about that, that initial evidence or that utterance that happens as the Spirit gives 
gives the utterance. That thing that happens as the Spirit gives the utterance, which is speaking, speaking in other tongues. We'll talk about that next week. David said it like this. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And that he delighteth. He delighteth in his way. Wow. Boy, that's a mouthful. It's not too many words, but it is a mouthful. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I'm allowing my steps to be ordered of the Lord. And Brother Fred, here's the whammy. And I delight in the way that he's ordering me. Oh, that's difficult sometimes, isn't it? For the Lord says, here's the path. And then to take delight in the path that he's laying for us. Why? Because, well, it kind of goes against, you know, again, that old fleshly man sometimes. But David said, particularly, he cried out to God, said, Lord, order my steps in thy word. Why? Because he says, and let not iniquity have dominion over me. He understood the importance of all of these things. God's word, the plan of salvation, all these things. Lord, if I can be ordered in your word, then iniquity will, will, will not have as much of a chance of having dominion over my life. I don't know about you. And this is not, this is not a statement of arrogance, but I'm glad I've been born again of the water and of the spirit. I'm glad I have that onboard teacher. I'm glad I have that power and that boldness that comes from him, that quickening of my spirit, that helper in my prayer and helps with my infirmities. It's cliche, but I just don't know what I'd do without the Lord. I just don't know what I'd do without the Lord. Hallelujah. If we bow our heads today, Father, I come to you. God, I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Oh, the spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Lord, oh Lord, every other Lord Jesus place, God, that a person would revere, a person, a person would revere. The Lord has some type of content, so to speak, Lord, to their tomb, but yours is empty. The spirit of the living God. I'm thankful, Lord, for that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that would dwell in me. I'm thankful, Lord God, to be accounted, Lord, as your property, to have been baptized by your spirit into your body. God, bring the unity of the spirit. God, we want to make, Lord, that spirit, Lord, in this place every time, God, that we convene here. God, that through the spirit we can, Lord, kill and, and, and mortify, put to death, Lord Jesus, the works, the flesh of this body. I pray, oh, Lord, day in and day out. Oh, God, help us to tap into the Holy Ghost. Help us to tap into the Holy Ghost that we have received. Help us, oh, God, not to snuff it out, God, with our ideologies and snuff it out, God, with our disbelief. Help us, God, to keep it alive. Help us, oh, Lord Jesus, allow it to place the prominence and to be vibrant, Lord, within our life and within our church. I pray, oh, God, today. Oh, Jesus, we need, Lord, God, a re, Lord Jesus, God, a, a renewing of the Spirit. God, there's people, Lord, under the sound of my voice today, God, that need a renewing of the Spirit. God, they need that old well to spring up within their soul. They need that old well to spring up within their soul. There needs to be a renewing of the Spirit. There needs to be a requickening, Lord God, of that power and of that boldness Lord and the back courage there there needs to be oh God a tapping into uh, God a prayer of intercession that happens through the spirit that speaks things they know not as a man and speaks things they know not as a human being but God the will of the spirit has taken place hallelujah hallelujah Yes, thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for that power, that boldness, that resurrection power. God, for the seal, Lord. God, the seal unto the day of redemption, Lord, I pray. For the earnest of my inheritance, I pray. Hallelujah.
your hands right now over this place can we just be mindful of the Lord mindful of the Spirit of God I love you Jesus I love you Jesus thank you Lord for your spirit and power God I feel right now oh God that I feel right now that quickening in my soul that I feel right now God let it teach me let it bring all things to my mind's remembrance let it guide me and help me, Lord, to be guided. Lord, to be led by it. To be led by it. To be led by it in the affairs of my life. And whenever I come into this place, to be led by it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord. Ah, you have the Spirit of the Lord in you. Man, that blows my mind. At the Spirit of the Lord that's in me. The Spirit that raised Christ up, it's in me. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit that moved upon the face of the waters in the beginning of Genesis. The Spirit that spoke everything into creation just by the words. I have that spirit inside of me. I have that creative power inside of me. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible with him. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We'll close this morning. Is there any is there anything going on this afternoon? There's nothing happening this afternoon. As far as order. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.